children, if you're here, you're free to go to your class. Sometimes I dream that he is me. Got to see that's how I dream to be. Michael Jordan, folks. Michael Jordan. I think Michael Jordan just got a louder clap than Jesus did. Um, that's not good. That's not good. Um, I love it. Michael Jordan. Growing up, oh my gosh, there was nothing better than Michael Jordan. Um, I, he was in his prime when I was uh, um, 10, 11, 12 years old, something like that, um, when I started winning the titles in Chicago. And um, I just looked up to him. He was like... I wanted to be Michael Jordan. Uh, obviously, I'm not Michael Jordan. Um, I'll, take, I'll, I'll, I'll take Larry the legend. I'll take Larry the legend. I really, really will. Um, uh, but he was a little bit before my time, so I don't, I don't remember. He had, he had back problems by the time I came around. Um, uh, but Michael Jordan, um, I remember just watching him, thinking about him constantly. I remember going out to the backyard and uh, uh, me and my, I had a younger sister, so she did everything that I asked her to do all the time. She, she just did. She loved me. I loved her. Our relationship worked like that. I would ask her to do something. She would do it. So, so we, 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 we would go out to the, uh, to the driveway, and we had a basketball hoop out there. Uh, and I'd be like, hey, Hope, um, I need you to introduce me. I need you to introduce me. Um, uh, the garage is pretty close to the driveway, so I'd go into the garage, you know. Uh, and and, and she 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 do her thing from North Carolina. Come on, folks, at guard, six six Michael Jordan, and I come running out like, you know, I was ready to go, and I thought I was Michael Jordan, I really did. So I took that first jumper and it was broke, and I was like, no, I'm not Michael Jordan. I'm not Michael Jordan. But isn't it funny? Uh, how we look all over the place for, for who we are and, and, and what we put our identity in. You see, this is it. I mean, this is, this is just a, a, a funny thing that I'm talking about up here. But as a little kid, man, I had my, my identity wrapped up in, in MJ, number 23, Michael Jordan. And um, I think for a lot of us in this room today, we have our identity, who we're supposed to be in a lot of different places. And... Um, not that that's necessarily bad, but we can't forget what God calls us to be and who he says that we are. And so, yeah, growing up, Michael Jordan was the man. I stayed on the basketball court all the time trying to be like him. I wanted to be like him. But ultimately, I believe God had something better for me. Um, and, and it's a privilege to walk it out each and every day. But we, we do. We look for our identity in all sorts of places. And identity is a huge thing. And, and I actually believe that we live in a time right now, uh, like today, where there's a lot of people who have no clue who they are. No clue who they are. 
I mean, that's in, and I'm, that's in the church. That's outside of the church. I mean, I believe this time right now, we have a lot of people walking around who have no clue who they are. And, and, and I believe God wants to reveal identity to us today. He wants, he wants to remind us who we are and who he calls us to be. You see, identity, um, God always speaks to us and gives us identity. But then what comes after identity is a purpose. Identity and purpose go hand in hand. We get our identity. Okay, who am I? Who's God called me to be? Okay, that's who he calls me to be. And what does he call me to do? And that's purpose. So identity and purpose go hand in hand. And we've been in this whole pursue series. And today, guess what we're going to pursue? We're going to pursue identity. If you haven't got it by now, I don't know. I don't know. But we're going to pursue identity. Who we are and what we were created for. And this is basically... The uh, definitions that I got for identity today, uh, the way you see yourself or the inner thoughts you have about yourself that no one else sees or no one else knows. The inner thoughts you have about yourself that no one else knows. And it doesn't matter. I, I can tell some people are in here are like, dude, I'm too old for this identity message. Well, you're not. You're not. Um, I don't care how old you are today. I don't care how young you are. I do believe that God wants to release something to us and reveal who he has called us to be in our lives today. And you say, well, he's already done that to a certain degree. Well, at the same time, I think it's a process. I think God reveals this at some time, and then he reveals a little bit more, and then he reveals a little bit more. And nobody in this room can say that we have arrived. We haven't. We haven't. And so what I was praying for this week is that God would reveal identity to us today. To each individual purpose or a person, my identity is going to be different than Zach's. It is. Now, it's all going to come together the same to bring glory to God at the end, but it's going to be a little bit different. And so don't check out on me. Go with me today. We're going to have a good time. Hopefully, I'll make you laugh and maybe you'll learn something. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But would you pray with me? Jesus, we love you today. And God, we just ask that you would come and, and, and be with us, um, that your spirit would be in this place, uh, and that you would reveal identity to us, God, who you have called us to be, uh, the purpose that you have for our life. We don't want to wander around aimlessly. Lord, we want to be a, a sharp arrow in your hand, God, um, that shoots straight and hits its target. Um, so we love you today. Come and reveal uh, what it is that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, how many of y'all have enjoyed the series? Anybody enjoyed the series? Amped up? Well, we've been running through it all summer long, obviously. Uh, we started with Access. Uh, we had four weeks in there, and then we moved, uh, we moved to move. Uh, we went to move. And, and, and now we're in Pursue. And how many of you were here two weeks ago when Wayne and Pete brought the word on, on uh, authenticity? Amazing. I mean... For two, to, for two guys to get up here and kind of play off each other like that and preach a sermon and do a skit and whatever else they were doing at the same time, like, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. That's a God thing to be able to do that. That was amazing. So they brought the word about authenticity and, and pursue it, and it was amazing and unbelievable. And then last week, Pastor Dan um, kick-started us with intimacy, uh, intimacy with the Father, and it was great. And then we went into four nights, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, um, of encounter nights where we just went after God. How many of you guys were there? I was sitting in the drum set when Pastor Randy um, uh, announced this earlier, but how many of you were there for one of the nights at encounter? Didn't God do some amazing things? Yeah, he did. He did a lot of amazing things. Uh, real quick testimony. One of the things that he did, uh, everybody knows Karen May. Hopefully, if you don't, 
she's, a, she's a great young lady. Um, but God actually healed her. I think it was like on a Tuesday night or maybe it was a Monday night. can't remember. One of those nights, God actually healed her. She was lactose intolerant. She wouldn't mind if I share because it's on Facebook. Um, but um, she was lactose intolerant. And she really felt like God healed her that night. She really felt like God healed, healed that from her. And so along with some other stuff. Uh, so she went home. Guess what she did? Drank milk. Drank milk. That's pretty dangerous, right? That's dangerous. Um, uh, but God healed her. God healed her. And, and there's countless testimonies, countless stories of what God did uh, at the encounter nights. Um, and if you were a part of that in any way, shape, or form, thank you so much. I believe that not only did our community see us out there, but I believe spiritually something happened in the atmosphere during those, during those nights that, that shook it up. And I can't wait to see what God does with it next. It's going to be amazing. So let's talk about identity. Today we're pursuing identity. You, and, and I want you to write this down if you can. You can never do what you're called. You can never do what you're called to do without knowing who you are. Purpose is great. Why am I here, God? That's great. That's a great question. But who am I is a, is a starter. Who have you called me to be? What is my identity? You see, you can never do what you're called to do without knowing who you are. I gotta take this thing off. Excuse me real quick. It's getting a little hot. Sorry, Michael. So you can never do uh, what you're called to do without first knowing who you are. Uh, would everybody open your Bibles with me or your smartphones or whatever you got on you today? Um, and here's what I want you to do. When, when, when you get your Bibles out, I want you to hold it up over your head or your smartphone. I really don't care. I got both of them right here. Just hold them up. And we're going to go a little old school, old school Pentecostal. And, 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 and we're going to raise our Bibles up. And I want you to repeat after me, okay? Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. I have what it says I have. I can do what it, what it says I can do. And I am what it says I am. Amen? Now, let's get that inside of us today, that this is the word of God and what it says in here. It's talking to me and I am what it says I am and I can do what it says I can do. I think sometimes we we take this Bible and it just not on purpose or any evil intent or anything, but we put it up on the shelf and it just becomes another book. It just becomes another book because we're around it so much. I mean, we live in America, free country, you know, people, countries in the world would kill for these things. Um. Um, but for us, sometimes it just gets common. And so I love doing that because then it kind of checks our spirit and checks our mind. Okay, this is my Bible. Actually, this is the word of God to me in this moment, in this situation. And I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. And I am who it says I am. So we're going to jump into Matthew 16, 13 through 18. Matthew 16, 13 through 18. And what we're going to see here is a story that I think is one of the most beautiful exchanges in the whole Bible. One of the best stories in the Bible. And it gets talked about quite a bit, but uh, deservingly so. Um, and it's the story of, of, of Peter and, and the disciples and Jesus. And, and, and they're walking down the road. Well, I'll tell you what, let's just read it. How about that? Matthew sixteen thirteen through 18. And it says, when Jesus came into the region, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, you know, some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah and others, Jeremiah 
or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Jesus and all of his questions. Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And also I say to you, Peter, no, and also I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I love this exchange right here. This exchange of words that Jesus and Peter are having, and, and, and the disciples. And so, you know, here's, here's, here's Jesus with his, with his homeboys, and they're walking down the street, him and his crew. And, and Jesus asks this question to the guys. He says, hey, who do people say that I am? Who do people say that I am? And so the disciples speak up and they start naming off all these Old Testament prophets, except for John the Baptist, the New Testament. And they're, they're basically saying, you're a prophet. You're a good, you, you know, you're a good guy. You're a miracle worker. You speak for the Lord. All these things. And, and, then, and, then, and, then, um, and then Jesus turns it on him and says, yeah, but who do you say that I am? And Peter comes through in the clutch. Crazy Peter. Messed up Peter, always got his, his foot in his mouth, Peter, comes through right here. Just comes through with it. And he says, oh, got it, I know, I know. Uh, you're, you're, you're Jesus Christ, uh, you're, the son of, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus is like, bingo, we have a winner. We have a winner. And I love this exchange because uh, immediately Jesus responds back to Peter. And you know what he does? He reveals his Peter's identity. So, so, so Peter looks at Jesus and, and has a revelation of who Jesus is. More than the other guys around him at that time. More than a lot of the other, the, uh, the other disciples around him. And so he reveals, he says, you know what, you're the son of God. You are Jesus Christ, the one who, you know, was sent to, you know, all these things. Um, and, and, and Jesus immediately responds and says, all right, Peter, and this is who you are. This is who you are. You see, when we have a revelation of who Jesus Christ is, it bursts identity into our heart. It does. It speaks identity into our heart. And like I said earlier, I, I believe it, it is a process it's not just a one-time shot, like, I'm good, I'm fixed, okay, cool. But it's a process. The more revelation that we have about Jesus, I believe, the more identity that's released into our hearts. Released into us. Released into us. And so that's what happens to Peter. Peter says, I know who you are. I know who you are. I got a, I got a fresh revelation of who you are, actually. You're the man. I love that song. I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. No, sorry, I will not sing to you today. Sorry, sorry. Um, so, you know, Peter is this, is this guy who's, who's a fisherman, probably stinks. You know, Jesus found him on the boat and was like, hey, come follow me. Uh, and Peter does, uh, which is crazy. How many of us would do that? Um, and, and, and so he's, he's, not the, he's not perfect at all. Always doing something crazy, like I said earlier. Um, and, but, but Jesus reveals his identity, who he had called him to be. And so he, and it, it, his identity is just mind-blowing. Can you think of what, what, like, what, what Peter might have been thinking at that time? Like, who am I again? Oh, could you say that again? Because it sounds impossible. Well, it is without God. It is. Anything he calls us to, our identity is, is going to be impossible without him doing something in our life. 
without him constantly working in and through us. Who he calls us to be is not just us on our own, but it's us together with him. With him. You see, I was a PK when I grew up, um, and, 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 and I was a good PK. I could play the game. I could play the game. I could make you think that I was the best person in the whole world, you know, like, um, uh, because people look at preacher's kids, and they thing you always get, dad's a preacher. He's up there preaching on Sunday morning, like, oh, you're going to be just like your dad when you grow up. I'm sitting there looking at him like, really? Really? I don't want to be like my dad. Not that there's anything wrong with my dad. I love my dad. I talked to him this morning, actually. I love my dad. Um, and he's great. But you always got that from people. Is people are like, you know what? I just really see you being like your dad when you grow up and, be, and, and being a preacher and, and, and being able to communicate with people and all these things. And at the time, I thought, no way. I am nothing like that. I cannot do that. And I was, I mean, I got baptized when I was seven years old. Um, and I had a revelation somewhat of who Jesus Christ was at that time, as much as you can at that point. Um, and, and, and then, so, but as I got older, obviously the revelation of who Jesus is begins to get bigger. And, and I remember when I was 17 years old, we went to high school camp up in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm from Waco, Texas. Up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and there's really nothing between Waco and Tulsa, so it's a long, boring drive. Uh, and so we got up there, and, and uh, I had one of the craziest experiences that I've ever had um, as far as me and God. Um, one night, we were worshiping, and the guy uh, who's, on, who's on the stage said, I believe, I believe uh, God wants to fill people with the Holy Spirit tonight. I'd been around it my whole life. Never did I actually feel like I had that. Uh, and so I went up there, and... and and I received, and that's the night that I began speaking in tongues, and I really felt like the gifts that God gave me were activated, and, and, and I really felt called in the ministry at that time. I really felt called in the ministry, because what happened that night is I had a bigger picture. I had a deeper revelation of who Jesus was, so I believe he was able to release more of my identity to me. Does that make sense? I said that pretty quick. I'm sorry. I had, so I had a deeper relationship of who Jesus was that night. Like, I, I really felt it, and so... During that moment, I was now able to believe who he had called me to be. I was able to believe in it. So that happened at 17, and life's been crazy since then. Both great and horrible, all at the same time, wrapped into one, and it's been great. But here's what I want to talk about. So Jesus gives us our identity, a revelation of who he is, the Son of God. That releases identity back into us. Let me look at Peter. Peter's a fisherman. He's not cut out for ministry work, right? Supposedly. I mean, I wouldn't pick Peter. I wouldn't pick Peter. I'd pick the guy who looked good, who had a nice comb over and could preach. That's who I'd pick. That's who I'd, that, that's who I'd pick. And, and, but, but Jesus picks Peter, and he says to him, you know what? I've called you to so much more. So Peter has this revelation, and he says, you know, you're the son of, you, I have a revelation of who you are. You are Jesus Christ, son of God. And so then Jesus releases his, his identity into him. So we get our identity from Jesus, from him and him alone. But I want to talk about a couple of places where we do not get our identity real quick. And number one is this. We do not get our identity from the world. The world does not give you identity. It does not. And I know this sounds like the typical preacher thing to say um but society and the world will always try to define who you are they will always try to define who you are but that is not what gives you your identity it's not 
I mean, they will, society will scratch and claw to try to tell you who you are or who you should be, right? Hello, let's try it with me. Definitely tried it with me. You see, but you look, and you look at society and you, you see all these trends and these fads and uh, things are coming into style and things are going out. And the thing is, the world doesn't even know who they are. The world doesn't even know. They're guessing just as much. Society is. But it always tries to tell us who we are. And we've got to be careful because if, if we let it, it will. It will define our life. It will define our life rather than the thing that should. Rather than the thing that should. You see, the world will try to tell you you're a failure if you don't have, you know, if you're not married by a certain age or um, if you don't have, you know, this amount of money in the bank or you're not driving this kind of car. You see, the world has all those things on you. But I'm telling, I'm here to tell you today because it's such an easy lie to buy into. It just is. The world does not define you. Jesus Christ defines you. Jesus Christ defines you. If you are a Christian in this room today, Jesus Christ defines you. The world does not define you. Romans 12, 2 says this. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the, re- by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And perfect will of God. So it says, do not conform to the world. Stop trying to be like the world. Stop trying to be like the rest of, of, of society. Stop trying to do that. It's not what I've called you to. Why are you trying to fit in when I called you to stand out and shine a bright light? Why are you trying to fit in when I've called you to stand out and shine bright? Now, I'm not saying that we don't have interactions and things like that. I'm not talking about Christians need to be over here and leave, you know, the, the world, you know, over there. No, there's things that we do where we shine a light and we have a witness and a testimony before people. But why are we trying to fit into the things that they say are, you know, in or hip or whatever, whatever it is, whenever we're defined by Jesus Christ? You see, I tell, I tell the salt students this all the time, um, is, that, is that God has called you to be a light in a dark place. High schools are dark places. It was bad when I was there. And I hear stories now, and I'm like, y'all are doing What? kids running around acting like they don't have any manners i'd be in there we'd, we'd have to get the paddle out we'd have to get the paddle out they wouldn't they wouldn't let me back in there totally kidding kind of um but but it's a dark place and so what, what i tell the high school students even junior high students i say don't go in there and try to conform and 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 be what everybody else is being and doing be what god has called you to be a light in a dark place, the salt of the earth. Be that. The world does not define you. Jesus Christ defines you. Jesus Christ defines you. Number two is this: is you don't give you identity. This is kind of weird, so go with me for a second. You don't give you identity. Half the time, if you're anything like me. I don't know who I am sometimes. I'm confused just like everybody else if I let myself go there. Outside of Jesus, absolutely I'm confused. A lot of the times we're stuck somewhere between being some lowly sinner who can't do anything right that God would never use in some other place. I don't want myself, I don't don't define me, who I am. I don't give myself identity at all. 
See, many of us have been taken uh, by the belief that, that, that uh, we make, we're a product of our own selves. We're a product of our own selves. So you are who you are because you have the power. You are who you are because your own ability. You, have who you, are, or you are who you are because of who your parents are. Or you are who you are because you know, you're educated, because you have a position in the community. But the truth of the matter is you are who you are because of God. All those things are cool and great, and thank God for good parents and all these other things and positions and stuff like that. But, but that's not what defines you. What defines you is God. He defines you. He gives you identity, and he gives you a purpose. I mean, am, am I talking to a like, – is this hitting anybody right now? Because God defines you, and he, and he wants you to know he gives you the identity. He gives you the purpose. Let the identity come first. Let – let what he says wash over us. Let's meditate on that for a little bit. And then let's go out with some purpose. And let's do the things he, he set out for us to do. See, Jeremiah 1.5 says this. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. This scripture blows my mind. Because what God is saying here is before I even put you together in your mom's womb, I knew who you were and I knew who I'm calling, I called you to be. That's how, that's how big God is. You see, he defines us. You didn't even have a chance to define yourself. You didn't even have a chance to give yourself your own identity. Because God did it before you were even around. He beat you to the punch by a long shot. You know, before the foundations of the world, he knew you. and knew what he called you to be. And put a specific identity in each one of us. In each one of us. He's the one that gives us those holy desires. He's the one that gives us those spiritual gifts. It's not us. He defines us. He gives us our identity. He's the creator. We're the created. He gives us our identity. We do not give ourselves our own identity. And last one is this. And this is, this is what it's about right here. Is Jesus Christ gives you identity. In spite of what the world thinks who you, who, who you are, uh, who you believe you are, you've got to know that Christ gives you identity. Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians five seventeen says this: Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away; behold, the new has come. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away; everything's new. Everything's new. And that's what happens. That's what happens when we have a revelation of who Jesus Christ is in our lives. That's what happens. He calls us to something new. He, 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 he releases a fresh identity in, in, into our lives. That's what happens. And, 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 and he does a couple other things. Uh, some of the things I was thinking about as I was preparing this message. And I was like, who does God really call us to be? Who does he say in the Bible that we are? What are some of the promises that we have through him? And I wrote down a couple of them. Um, and this is what I got. It says, you are a chosen generation, a child of God, a friend of God, justified and redeemed, no longer a slave to sin, set free from the law of sin and death, temple of his Holy Spirit, blessed with every spiritual blessing, his workmanship created to do good works, a citizen of heaven, and made complete in Christ. That's who he calls us to be. That is our identity right there. That is who he says we are. Therefore, that is who we are. 
Amen? That's exciting stuff. Because I don't have to walk around like the lonely sinner that I think I am sometimes and, and feel like God can never use me. Let's wake up today. It's never been by our own work. We've never deserved it. It's always been because of him. And the identity that he gives us. So instead of thinking and, and, and pretending like I'm something I'm not, that's who I am. That's who you are. And I believe he wants to make it more specific for each person. But if you, if you don't know where to start, start reading that list. Who God says you are. The identity that he's placed in you. You see, Christ wants to reveal himself more and more to us. More and more to us. Why? So we know who we are. So we know who he's made us to be. Like I said earlier, it's not just a one-time shot. It's a process. It's a process. Be okay with the process. Be okay with the process. It was the same way with Peter, right? Peter. Here's Peter, and, and Jesus tells him in Matthew 16 that, hey, Peter, I'm going to build my church on you. I'm going to build my church on you. And so what do you think happens? Now Peter lives a perfect life, and, 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 God, and Jesus does what he says he can do. That's not what happened at all. Not at all. Thank God for Peter, because there's hope for me. I, I, I identify with Peter a lot. Um, uh, what happens? I mean, Jesus, Jesus, they're all sitting around the night before Jesus is to be crucified, and Jesus is telling, you know, Peter, he says, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. He was like, no, I'm not. You don't even know what you're talking about. You've had too much wine, Jesus. That was a joke. Um, You don't know what you're talking about. I won't, I, won't, I won't do that. I love you. I love you. I'm not going to do that. No, nope, three times you will. And so, you know, Peter denies him the first time. And he, you know, you can almost hear him saying like, oh, okay, that's one. I still got two more. Okay, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. And he denies him the second time. And then the, and then the third time he denies him to a middle school girl at a bonfire. And, and now he finds himself. This. <laughs> second service and now he finds himself and he 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 here he is exactly what jesus called him to be but how many know the thing that jesus called him to before then the rock that he was going to build his church on that never changed even though peter didn't make the best decisions his his identity stayed the same and i'm here to tell some people today that you have not messed it up too bad you have not done that you haven't done, done something so horrible that God has changed the identity that he had planned for you before the beginnings of the earth. Nope. The same thing. He still sees you in the same light. And he wants to release that into you. He wants, you, he wants to release that into you. And so what do we do? We just say, you know what, Jesus? Do it. Do it. Just like Peter. And then, and, and, and then I love what Jesus does after he... After he's resurrected, he, just loving Jesus, is talking and he says, hey, go tell Peter and the disciples. I love that he points Peter out by name. He's like, hey, Peter, you cannot mess this thing up so bad that I can't be in control. Because I'm always in control. My thoughts towards you, my love towards you, my grace towards you is always there. The identity that I have put in you is always there. Stop thinking you messed it up too bad. Get up, dust yourself off, and let's go. And that's a word for somebody in here today. I'll take it. You can't mess it up too bad. His identity for you, who he has called you to be, and the purpose that he has for your life is still there, just like it was at the beginning. 
It still is. So I'm going to move on real quick in closing. We got, I want to talk about three ways to, to, to unlock your identity or three just helpful hints regarding identity. That's probably the best way to say it. Three helpful hints. Um, number one is this. How do you get to know somebody? You spend time with them, right? Spend time with them. So number one is that. Spend time with him. He's longing to spend time with you. He is. Allow him each day to speak into your life. And here's the, here's the thing is, I believe God is speaking, but sometimes we don't recognize his voice. We just miss it sometimes. I do. I know I miss it sometimes. But there's grace for that. There's grace for that. You can see John 10, John 10, 3 and 4, it talks about that Jesus is, is, is the shepherd and, and the sheep know his, know his voice. And they respond to it. And that he also calls the sheep by name. See, that's the place that we need to get to. We, that, that I want to get to is where I know my shepherd's voice. And I know when he's speaking. I'm getting better. We're all getting better. But do you know Jesus' voice when he speaks to you? And there's all sorts of ways to spend time. Whether that's through prayer or worship or, or reading your word. You know, it's funny because I literally am, if you just get to the surface of everything um, and boil it, you know, just real materialistic, I am just a better person every day that I spend, that, that I spend with Jesus. So the days that I spend time, actually take the time to be in communion with Jesus, reading my word, praying, I'm just a better person. I have a little more grace. I have a little more patience. I have a little more kindness, a little more goodness. The days that I do that, I'm just a better person. Not that the goal is to be a better person. That's not the goal at all. But he wants to spend time with you. Why? Because he has identity released to you. If you don't know his voice, how can you have a revelation of who he is? Learn his voice. And he is speaking to you. God is not dead. He knows how to talk. And he speaks to you. We just got to learn to listen. Figure out what it sounds like. <clears throat> oh, and let me just throw this out there. Um, quick story, just out of nowhere, all right? Um, so so um, Christians should be happy people. A joyful people. Christians really should. Yeah, sometimes life sucks. Yeah, we'll get over it, whatever. Sometimes life really does suck. But Christians should be joyful people. Let me tell you a quick story. I, um, I was in Dallas, Texas, and uh, I, was, I was flying back on, on Alaska Airlines, and I was flying standby. And, um, and, I, and when I got to the airport, I was like number 16 or 17 on the list. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm standby. So I'm like, I'm not getting on this plane. This is the last one today, and I've got to be back. Dan's going to be so mad. I hope he doesn't fire me. Uh, but, but I was freaking out because I was like, I really did. I had a lot of stuff I needed to get back to. Um, and so I walked up to the, to the steward, the, the, the desk or whatever, where they are, and, and I just start smiling real big. Just as big as I can make it. I just start smiling. Little teeth ministry. We need to have a little teeth ministry sometimes. <laughs> People need to see your teeth, all right? They really do. It makes them feel good about themselves. Stop frowning at people. Let's smile. If you don't take anything else away today, 
Say, Pastor Adam told me to smile. So we got to have a little teeth ministry. So anyway, I'll, I'll walk up to her and, and I'm like, hey, you know, and he's Adam, you know, and I, you know, I start doing all this stuff, you know. And, uh, and she's like, yeah, you're number 17 on this. I'm like, oh, no. Like, I'm not getting on. And so I tell her, I said, all right, I'm going to go sit down in that chair over there and I'm just going to wait. And if you have anything, great. But if not, I totally understand. Even though inside I'm like, I need to be on this plane. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, I totally understand. Don't worry. I'll sleep on the airport you know, floor tonight. I'm like, I don't want to sleep on the airport floor. I want to sleep on my bed. Um, and so anyways, no joke, no lie. The lady, um, it looks like all of Dallas, Texas gets on this plane. <laughs> the whole city. It really does. I'm like, where are these people coming from? Where are these people coming from? Because literally they just keep coming. And and then I start thinking, how big is this plane? It's got to be huge. It's got to be huge. I'm like, please stop coming. You know, at at that point I'm praying for people to have like a flat tire on the side of the road so they can't make their their airplane. I mean, just getting nasty with it. Um, um, So anyways... At the very, very end, like I said, it looked like all of Dallas, Texas got on that plane. And so I'm sitting there in, in the chair, and it's just me, and things aren't looking good. They're not looking good. And so, um, so and the lady comes on the microphone like she didn't know where I was. Um, I was the only person in the whole area. And so she comes on the microphone, and she's like, Adam Henderson? And I'm like, it's me. The only guy around right here. So I walk up to her, and she, and she hands me this ticket. She says, you can thank me later. And I pick it up, and it was first-class ticket. First-class ticket. I don't belong in first-class, people. I didn't know what to do with myself. It's like, look at all this extra leg room. They're always constantly coming by, asking you what you need. Do you need anything? Can I do anything for you? I'm like, no, I don't know. I don't know. Free food. All sorts of good stuff going on. A moist, warm towelette? Come on! Who does that? So anyways, what I'm trying to say, Christians should be happy people. I'm not saying because I smiled at that girl that, that God did something miraculously. I do believe it was from God, though. I, I, I know it was. I know it was. So let's put a smile on our face from time to time. And let's just show the goodness of God through our teeth. How about that? And call it teeth ministry, okay? Bill. Still. All right, so spend time with him. He wants you to spend time with him. He wants you to recognize his voice. We need to recognize his voice because that's what gives us identity. Number two is this. Surround yourself with other believers. This is crucial. This is crucial. Um, we, have to, we have to surround ourselves with other brothers and sisters in Christ. And I'm not saying that those are the only friends that you can have, the only people that you can hang out with. But those are the real deal people right there. That when you're going through it, they're going to pick you up. Or when you're really doing good, they're, they're cheering you on. Or they're there to pray for you or whatever it might be. You see, this, this is actually why I think God does so much stuff at high school camp or camp in general. Um, because you have a bunch of kids coming together who are Christians, you know, for the most part. And they're there for four nights, five days. Can't go anywhere. Um, and, and they're surrounded by other believers, and, and, and God just shows up and does stuff. And I want to invite two of those, two of those up here right now. Uh, Jonathan Moore and Casey Ferris, would you come up here? Oh, yeah, welcome them. 
And these are, these are two high school students here. And um, you have to learn to surround yourself with other believers because God does work in those times. You know, where two or three are, are, are gathered, there I am also, you know. That's, that's who he is. That's who he is. And so I, w- I asked him to come up here because I, I just wanted them to talk about camp. You guys haven't heard a lot about it. God did some amazing things. It was unbelievable, just like every year. But for some reason, I felt like he took it up to the next level this year. So, Jonathan, would you uh, just give me some highlights of camp? Uh, well, one of the like best highlights, I think, was uh, the first day, uh, Benji, our speaker, was pretty awesome. <laughs> I want to be, be like Benji. Go ahead. Yeah, but he, he spoke about being like adopted by Jesus and like God, and that when we're adopted by him, we, like, we get to be his, like, he gives us our identity. Yeah. And so that really spoke to me, and like, so when we we went to have cabin time, and that's like where we we talk about like stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we go to cabin time, and Adam and Cameron ask us uh, like what we want to get out of the week, yeah. and what Benji said really spoke to me. So I I was like I want to I want to find my identity in Christ. So that was like my my thing to look forward to. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Casey, what about you? Give, give, give me some highlights. Okay. Um, so also on the first day, one of the um, lines that Benji spoke about was um, all of the top five blockbuster movies all have the same plot line. And that was in the end that um, they laid down their lives for someone who was in need and he couldn't do that themselves. And then um, on the second day, he spoke about it more and kind of elaborated on how um, how, you know, Jesus gave up his life for us and how we need to do the same. And that really spoke to me. And I know that um, that's what I'm called to do is to lay down my life for my brothers. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. So good. So good. And, and then let's talk about how did, how did uh, uh, what did God speak to you or, or reveal to you about your identity at camp? Well, for me, I've always been like a leader in my school, leader in a lot of things I do, I guess. And I always thought, like, I just made myself that way. But God really made me that way. So yeah. uh, the last night, Benji, like, asked, like, if you feel like you're, you should lead or be, like, in ministry or anything like that, you should raise your hand. And I didn't raise my hand. But <laughs> <laughs> it, like, it started, like, getting at me. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I, I got I to gotta confess it. So I, I, I talked to Adam. I'm like, Adam. I have to confess. I knew I was supposed to raise my hand when he asked asked for leaders, and I didn't. But I should have. And so Adam was just like, "All right, well, we just got to start taking those steps. And like, if you start taking the steps and like going towards that direction, you'll you'll find like your call." Yep. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Casey, what about you? This is a fun one. Okay, so um. Not a lot of people know this about me, but I'm a writer, and I love to write out, you know, everything from what I did that day to, you know, these short stories and just kind of play it out like that, you know. So um, when I heard Benji speak, I just knew that he was a writer and that he he just kind of spoke in that way that I wanted to read what he was saying. So, um, you know, every day, every time that I saw him when we were walking around the camp and stuff, i just go up to him and be like, have you written that book yet? Like, can you write this book for me? I would read your grocery list if it had the word Bible on it. Like, come on now. <laughs> so, um, 
On one of the last days, um, I was actually in my bunk. I was, like, almost asleep. And I just heard the words come over me, like, why does Benji have to do it? Like, you could write the book, too. And so I'm like, oh. And I kind of, like, sat up, and I was on the top bunk. So I hit my head really hard. (laughs) But it stayed in my mind, so it's okay. (laughs) That's so good. So good. So, so the, the, the truth of the matter is, is that these are just two of like a 30, 30 that went and, or however many there were. And each one of them have a story like this. Why? Because when you surround yourself and go for the same goal, hey, our goal was to meet with God that week and to see him do a work. And he did. He did do a work. And so you have, you, you know, you got 20 something more other stories just like these up here today that, that they could come up here and share what God did in their lives um, because he's in the business of doing that. He wants to release our identity to us. He wants us to know him more. Hey, so would you give these guys a good hand? Good job. Good job, Casey. So surround yourself. Surround yourself with, with other believers. It's so important. If you're not in a life group, or this isn't a life group push right now, but I can just tell you, if you're not involved in the men's ministry or things like that, it's time to do that. It's time to get involved and surround yourself in a community of other believers around you. And watch what God does. Watch what he does. So surround yourself. And number three is this. And this is important, all right? This is, this is, this is the one right here. And, and it's this. You have to pursue the identity whenever Jesus reveals it to you. So as I get a revelation of who Jesus is, he reveals who he's created me to be, and, and he speaks my identity into my life. But then it's my job to run after it. It is. It's my job to pursue it, to run after that. Because how many of you know God... I'll, I'll, I'll relate it this way. If somebody came up to you and gave you this awesome prophetic word that said, you know, God's going to do this, he's going to do this, and he's going to do this. And you went home, and you sat on the couch, and you didn't move, and you didn't pursue that prophetic word or start acting like it was going to happen. How many know that would never happen if you just sat there and waited for it to happen? Well, maybe one day. Maybe one day. No, we have to pursue those things. We have to pray about them. And it's the same way with our identity. When God calls us, and he gives us our identity, and then he gives us a purpose, we have to go after that. We can't just sit around. And I see it so much in the young adults' generation where, where guys are just sitting around and they're saying, well, one day I'm going to be this and one day I'm going to be that. And I'm like, when is one day? Why not today? Why not run after it today? I got stuck in that trap for a long time. When all, when all craziness broke loose in my life, I was stuck there for two years. It was a terrible spot. I kept thinking, one day I'll get out of here. One day I'll get out of here. Until what? Until one day came finally in my spirit, in my mind, and I said, today's the day. I'm out of this place. And I got out. And that's what God wants to do. So when you have your identity, when he speaks to you, the identity that he has for you, you have to pursue it. And let me just tell you this. Don't ever question or, or don't, don't think that it's too big that it couldn't be God speaking to you. He told Peter he was going to build the church on him. Peter, Peter, you're crazy. You're a nut. Always got your foot in your mouth. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build my church on you. Hello. See, don't, don't, don't just discount things because they sound, they sound impossible because they will be impossible. 
Without the wondrous, miracle-working power of Jesus Christ, it's all going to be impossible. You will never reach your destiny or your future or your identity or your purpose. But with him, you're guaranteed to get there. You're guaranteed to get there. You're not a loser in this. You're the winner. And it's only through Jesus Christ. So the question that I want to I leave us with is this. Is will we allow Jesus to speak to us? Just like Peter did. And then when he reveals our identity to us, will we follow who he calls us to be? And some of you are in here today and you're like, I, he, he's revealed a little bit to me. Well, let's, just, let's just ask for a little more today. Let's just ask for a little more today. Let's say yes and pursue, pursue the identity that Christ gives us. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we love you. God, I'm so thankful for your work in my life and, and who you've just the identity that you've revealed to me. And God, I pray for each person out there this, this morning or this afternoon, whatever it is now. God, that you would begin to release identity into each heart here this morning. Into each spirit. And as I'm praying, some of you in this room today, you're saying, you know, I, would, I love what you're saying. Or I, I kind of understand what you're saying, but I haven't even taken the first step. And I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior this morning. I want to accept him into my heart. Because that's the first step. That's the first step, is accepting Jesus into your heart. And so if that's you this morning, uh, with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you raise your hand? Anybody in the room? I see that. Anybody else? Thank you for it, God. Amen. Amen. So God, just continue the good work that you started. Lord, you're not finished with us, not even close. You've got more to do. So we look to you in faith and we say, come and have your way in our life. In your mighty name I pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen.